trending news right now. Let's get into that then. Discussing with Adekunle Olabi, journalist, digital strategist, social commentator and academic researcher. Taking a look at what's happened in the world of social media in the last 24 hours. How are you on this thriving Thursday, Ade? Hi, Asanda. I'm doing good. Um, I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know about Opa, there was in the rain, but we are in the warm weather today in uh, Johannesburg, welcoming that. I think yesterday as well was quite hot. Uh, I, I hope it stays like this. I'm a summer baby, so I like I like hot weather. How is it in Nigeria? Um, it has been raining this side, like, almost every day. We've been having a lot of rain, and... Um, um, all over the country, we've seen flooding in northern part of the northeast part of the country. Also in Lagos, has been flooded. We also seen flooding in Delta as well. Um, we are just um, hoping the rain will subside a little bit, and so that we can be able to move around and enjoy the the city a little bit. Yeah, goodness, we don't need flooding there today. Let's start uh, with hashtag Kosatu. Uh, hashtag Midrand. So Kosato is concerned as a shop steward attending their Congress is uh, been arrested for rape. So this uh, rape charge against a delegate that was attending the 14th National Congress of Kosato. What do we know here? I mean, this is quite a disturbing uh, news to 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 see to, uh, to hear about rather. And in Kosatu, where they've shown concern, but um, we've seen this report that uh, actually happened uh, when uh, one of their delegates um, went into the um, Congress and, and having to wake up and be able to now realize that she actually been raped and violated. And it's, it's quite a disturbing story and trying to understand how did this all happened and from where and what actually um, happened, and knowing that um, it's also been uh, the person has uh, also been arrested as well, and is now subject to police investigation to now get to see um, what the outcome of this investigation is going to be about. But it, I mean, if it did, it's just something that is just worrying to to see um, this kind of news happening in in, in the country. The woman survivor has told the police, I mean, as much as investigations are continuing, but this is uh, revealed in reports that she says that she spent the night in a hotel with her boyfriend after returning from the Congress. Uh, We're not sure if it's her returning from the Congress or the boyfriend returning from the Congress. But anyway, they were in the hotel. And when she wakes up the following morning, she finds herself next to the accused in bed and her boyfriend is nowhere to be found. And then she discovers that this man had sex with her without consent. Uh, Does this allude to a possible, uh, what do you call this thing, Uh, drugging maybe as well? Do you think? I, I think so. I think so, because for, for her to have actually gone to bed um, knowing that she actually went to bed with her boyfriend and, and now waking up with someone totally different, it's just something that is quite, um, uh, it's actually quite bizarre. And it's this kind of situation usually happens when one of the parties is actually um, not in their full senses. They might have been drugged and they might have been, um, that drink might have been spiked as well and not being fully cautious to know even when the partner has left them, now we have someone totally different next to them the, the, the next day. So it's quite, um, it's, it's quite a tricky situation. 
So gender-based violence was on the agenda at the COSATU conference, at the gathering, and uh, they've cited it as a crime that goes against everything the Federation believes in. This is according to the spokesperson, Sizwe Pamla. Do you expect that uh, we could hear more from COSATU leadership or they will wait for investigations to continue? I, I think um, we would definitely, they will probably wait for the investigation to continue, knowing that when we'll have a case that is involving the police, the law enforcement, usually they would want to refrain from making further comments. But it's also really disappointing. And when gender-based violence was part of what they actually were discussing at this Congress, I'm also now getting to see that um, they had, with the delegate at such a gathering was now being violated as well. Then it, it defeats the whole purpose of the gathering when um, you went there for that. Um, one of the things that you were discussing was that topic, and now um, it just shows the reality of the, 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 the issues that we're dealing with in the country, and not just at Kosatu, but also at other spheres of life in the country. Also, talking on the topic of gender based violence, hashtag Krugersdorp rape cases. The update there is uh, the Krugersdorp gang rape case has been postponed. The 14 alleged illegal minors involved made a brief appearance and it's been postponed for DNA testing. Um, this is expected, and I think we'd also discuss this topic one, in one of our sessions together, Sander. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Twitter, there have been reactions as well that I was able to pick up on Twitter, and people not happy and also say, worrying that uh, this might take longer than expected. Yes, we do know that um, court sessions usually take time, and in this in this case, we realize that. Uh, they have to do DNA testing and, and knowing when these arrests were made and looking at how the SAPS are to raid and made this arrest, we all we all aware that it will be difficult to actually uh, convict this um, accused, knowing that they have to really prove thoroughly prove that they were actually the perpetrators that actually um, um, did the crime on on the victims uh, in, that happened in July in, 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 in at, the, at the place in Kugasop. In connection, of course, this uh, case with the rape of eight women who were shooting a music video in July when the incident happened. Uh, do we know when they returned to court then, these, uh, the, the accused? The accused will be returning to court in November, and, and we are expecting um, some sort of progress. And because this is the case that, uh, that is um, not just as an interest to the state, but also to the interest to the community and to the country at large, and we've seen reactions uh, from the community and also on social media. And, and people are actually calling for justice and, and also um, calling for the end. If not, we can see a total end to the gender-based violence in the country. And this is a case that is actually quite sad. And it has actually uh, prompted the, the government to also act and put some sort of pressure on the SAPS and which we have resorted to this arrest and, and further arrests were also made as well on the cleanup and the illegal, illegal minors that in the country. There were demonstrations outside court. What cloud do you feel that adds to this uh, case and, and the matter of urgency that it should be looked at with? Um, I mean, looking at the the, the, the case, it, it's, this, it's just something that everyone is, it, 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 it's a story that 
um, we all want to see justice. We all want to see an end to it. And everyone would, would um, um, everyone sort of um, in solidarity also align uh, in, in, in this struggle that the victim is actually facing and knowing that for them, it's really um, a, a thing of having to relieve the ordeal again and all over again. And they also all want justice to be served, even though that um, it's not something that can happen immediately. We have to all wait till the law take the law process take its course, and and ends we see uh, social action and protest. Oh, we have to shift uh, and make it a thriving Thursday somehow with some positivity. Hashtag Tusombedu. You know when her name comes up, you're going to be smiling. Uh, she's doing the things. So <laughs> she's uh, been part of the star-studded and packed uh, with proud black female talent movie called The Woman King. It's finally hitting us, our shores here on South Africa, tomorrow, 30 September 2022. What can you tell us here? Oh, um, it's quite a... Quite a, I mean, a moment for for Tuso, and everyone loves her, and she's having that moment. And she, even she did say in one of her interviews that it hasn't even registered on her, like considering how this has just been um, the, the, the back-to-back success stories and and the the, the trailblazing um, success that is going with her is quite interesting and quite we celebrate her. And, and everyone is looking forward to it. Well, South Africa is going to be tossed to it because it's only going to be released in Nigeria on the 4th of October, but mm-hmm. it's fine. I'll get some spoilers from, from my connections yeah. back home in Zanzi. <laughs> we'll talk more about this. We just need to take a short break. I want to ask you, because you know how it gets sometimes. We get, with our African stories, we get touched. I know it definitely is that way with our South African stories that have been depicted by American actresses. Because this uh, tribe, the... A kingdom that's been depicted in the movie is one of the 1800s uh, of Nigerian descent. And I want to find out what the sentiment is uh, on the ground on your side in terms of how you feel about the actors being non-Nigerian, uh, uh, most of them, especially the lead being Viola Davis, who's from the U.S. But uh, a little politics there to go with the entertainment after this uh, short break, continuing with Trending News. Asanda Beda on SAFM. 20 minutes past four is our time. We continue uh, with our trending news uh, topics. Adekunle Olabi, journalist, digital strategist, social commentator, and academic researcher helping us to unpack. So we're still on the hashtag Tusombedu, one uh, Adekunle, and we're talking about the woman king. When South African stories, I know it was the Winnie Matigizela Mandela one particularly and the Nelson Mandela stories that were depicted by American and UK actors and South Africans were not very happy that our own stories were not being told by our actors. The Woman King is based on the Nigerian kingdom of the 1800s. It was an all-woman army called the Agoji. How do you guys feel that uh, the South Africans and US actors here... Yeah. Um, I think I think in Nigeria we have a, a different uh, reaction towards it. And but I do remember there was a time where there were a lot of South African um, ladies in our music videos. Nigerians were not happy about it. But when it comes to American actors, Nigerians sort of embrace them. And also in the cast, the Woman King, we've got you know, John Boyega on that uh, on it as well. And we sort of made peace with it, and we were just really, and and we love Tuso in Nigeria as well. She's really loved, and I think a lot of South African art also loved in Nigeria. Nigerians sort of 
understand because we have a Nollywood, which is also a driving industry. So the the, the American act or movies also sort of create a, a little bit of balance, but not so much impact in, on our screens in Nigeria because Nollywood is sort of um, bigger and much uh, preferred in, in, in Nigeria. And I suppose it's an African story being told by Africans at the end of the day. I mean, uh, yeah, we've got quite a lot of number of uh, South African actors there. And as you say, John Boyega, who is uh, now based in Hollywood, but who's got Nigerian roots is there. Also, Jimmy Odukoya is part of the cast. So that works for all of us. We celebrate the story anyway. So Tuso plays Nawi, one of the warriors there. And uh, the main actress being Viola Davis, whose uh, character is General Namiska. Uh, but uh, other African cast members there, Siv Ngesi of South Africa, former Miss South Africa, Zosbini Tunzi, and uh, Tando Dromo of uh, South Africa, also Masadi uh, Baduza there. Uh, are you going to be watching this when it comes out? You know, what did you say? You're going to get, I guess, some clips from us this side because you can't wait for October. <laughs> October is, it looks like it's far away, even though it's just uh, a couple of days. But um, the anticipation is, and the adrenaline is really running really high. And knowing that this is a story that um, everyone this side of the world can relate to, we've read about this in school. We've, we've been told this story um, by parents. And I was doing a tour at the Oluma Rock as well when uh, about a month ago, and this story came up. The Daomi region. It's a place where the, um, knowing that for their stronghold, for their strength, mm-hmm. and also they knowing in the history that they launched attack into communities and villages in Nigeria at some point in time, which explained the borderline that we have in Nigeria today, why some of them, well, most of them falls into the Benin Republic that we have today and, and not in Nigeria. But it's quite an interesting um, trailer, and I'm really looking forward to see if the, the, the movie actually is going to do justice to the, to the actual story. But I, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a great one. I really can't wait to see it. Very interesting. Thanks for that uh, bit of a history lesson there. I think we'll touch on it one day in our day in history. We need these African stories. I think for me, I'm happy that Hollywood is finally looking at Africa for storylines. I, I love that. Okay, let's uh, move on then. Talking about uh, the Nelson Mandela Bay municipality. So the municipality has apologized to residents via a tweet. Uh, It was on Tuesday. And the tweet was apologizing for not load shedding. They were saying it was due to unforeseen circumstances that there was no load shedding. I don't know when I read this. I thought, is this a joke? What's happening here? Are we supposed to now (laughs) be laughing at this? Is this comic relief for us? What, What is happening? Uh, absolutely, and I, I think I mean it, it's actually um, something that it, it you know we got we're not sure how to re, re, you know react to that kind of tweet, knowing that everyone is being load shedded here and there and 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 all that. Even when power maybe it was a technical glitch, people just you know assume it's load shedding. And in this case, um, the, the 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 guys that were actually supposed to um, to 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 perform their duty. There was a bit of um, uh, disruptions on their side, and and they couldn't uh, perform that duty. And and also, it's sort of um, allegations that this could be political uh, driven. Knowing that the mayor that over there was recently um, 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 uh, put in place, and feeling, and there was that message from from the mayor saying that um, they just sort of like 
um, sabotage from their side. And the impact could be like if you didn't follow that process, maybe some other units might be expecting power as well because of the rationing of the of the power that uh, that uh, we have to follow during the low shedding uh, period as has uh, been set by ESCOM around the country. So the reasons given were, were that there's an apparent internal dispute and this resulted in a go slow in the municipality by the municipal workers which impacted the low shedding schedule. Uh, so there were, I mean, the tweet was saying we apologize for any inconvenienced cause. There's no inconvenience when there's no load shedding. It's the other way around. But anyway, uh, some of the residents have been left without electricity as a result of the go slow. So over and above some who dodged load shedding, according to the mayor, Ritif Wardendal, others did uh, get uh, longer periods of load shedding. So I could understand the apology on that. It's just that when I saw the first part of it, I was uh, thinking, but how do you apologize for an inconvenience of not load shedding? What does that mean? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what Trip said to say. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's confusing. And, and you know, because the, the way the message was put out and because definitely it will actually impact those who are supposed to have power and those who had actually had uh, enough power were supposed to actually go off. And so that cycle was not completed. So for those who were left in the dark, that thing they were the ones who actually needed the apology, and 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 uh, you know, and not those who were actually not those shedded in in the first place. Okay, let's move to overseas. The UK, the UK economic meltdown. The Bank of England is forced to step in here. IMF also has uh, issued some warnings. So what's going on there? I guess Liz Truss has her work cut out for her. We say. She hit the ground running, but I think in this stage she literally just had to just fly off. I'm, I'm imagining that Wonder Woman move where she squats and then just shoots off into the sky. That's what Liz Truss had to do. Oh, quite quite a challenging time. I mean, for the United uh, Kingdom and 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 also for, for 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 Liz Truss as well. And there's just been a little bit of pressure on our side, and our concern is what does this mean for South Africa? Knowing that the UK is one of the biggest um, trading partner of South Africa as a country, and and there are just quite a, a few facts I'll quickly explain because mm-hmm. for now what is going to happen is the the Bank of England has announced that they're going to carry out temporary uh, purchases of long dated um, UK government bonds, and what this means is um, uh, bonds uh, IOUs um, issued by the government and selling of bonds. Um, is how government borrow money from the international markets. And bonds are often called um, guilt in the UK, but use guilt in the guides to actually to explain it to for our listeners. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just been a bit of pressure also on the Chancellor, um, Kwasi Kateng, and some, some of the members of the Conservative Party. They're not entirely sure about how he's going to do this, but there's so a lot of pressure from the banks um, on the Chancellor now because he's going to also have to deliver a plan, a rescue plan, I think in a week from now. And there's just so much um, for, for Liz Truss, knowing that she's also not been so long in, in, in the office. And we can only just hope that um, this buying of bonds would definitely stabilize the market. And there's been a, a, a warning also from the recommendation and warning from the IMF as well and for the United Kingdom to be able to stabilize uh, the market. And um, hopefully so, we do not have 
uh, to deal with uh, any uh, obvious impact um, in South Africa because we are also on our path to recovery, uh, not just from COVID, but also from from the rising living costs as well in the country. Mm. The Bank of England saying that it wants to buy long-term government bonds over the next two weeks to combat a decline in, in British financial assets. What will this mean for financing conditions from banks for the ordinary UK? And maybe also how will credit flow to the economy be impacted in your view? Um, what it means is, uh, well, uh, um, what it means is uh, more borrowing means the government has to issue more bonds mm-hmm. and with an increased supply, the, the value of each individual bond would eventually go down. And traders didn't, didn't want to hold on to the bonds if they expected them to fall in, in value in the future so they can sell them. And this simply means the, the supply will rise anyway and the value of each, each bond will eventually drop. And um, it's, it's, it just, it's, a, it's a bit tricky, but I think if the, we would definitely just wait it out. But I know that um, um, with the government buying these bonds, it would um, stabilize the market. The IMF urging the UK not to go ahead with the step to cut taxes and increase borrowing to cover the cost. Do you think they will heed to this IMF call? I think I think they will because there's a bit of pressure on the Chancellor and he needs to deliver knowing that um, if he doesn't deliver and the, the United Kingdom MPs, then they're actually not so patient, if I would put it that way. And if this is like a litmus test for him and mm-hmm. if he doesn't deliver, they would definitely get him out and find someone who can actually... Uh, get him out of this uh, situation. But the pressure is really high, and this trust also has some sort of faith in him, and um, we just hope that um, they're able to, to, to work out something that can actually um, uh, speed up the process. All right, well, let's leave it on that note for this uh, Thursday. Don't know what your plans for the weekend are, but you know what mine are. I'm going to be watching The Woman King, definitely, either tomorrow or Saturday. I'm not sure which day I'll fit in. Uh, and you? <laughs> uh, well, I'm rubbing I'm it in your face, by the way, that you have to wait. <laughs> uh, I can only wish for load shedding on your I move. Okay. No, I there's generators <laughs> in cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait it out. I'll wait it out. I'll just do my runs and my normal weekend um, running. And uh, I think that'll be on my side. All right. Sorry, man, to put it in and uh, rub it in your face. But, you know, we appreciate you, Ade. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's always good to be on the show. Thank you, Sandra. Thank Great. you so much. I appreciate it. Ade Kunle Olabi, journalist, digital strategist, social commentator and academic researcher discussing trending news. At 32 minutes past four, here's Beverly Knight with Moving Up.